Okay, it's Nick from the Talking Power podcast here. Before this episode commences, we have a special announcement to make. Uh, with our collaboration with Hill Tread, we have a special competition at the moment. Hill Tread, a tribute to man's greatest machines, inspired by the most iconic cars, crafted for the ones that skip a beat when something exotic drives by. You can shop now at www.hilltread.com. That's H-E-E-L-T-R-E-A-D.com. Head to their website and check out some of their great socks there. And for one lucky listener, each episode will be giving away a pair of Hill Tread socks. So go to the Talk and Power website. That's talkandpower.com.au and go to the Hill Tread tab, fill out the form there and tell us why you'd like to win a pair of Hill Tread socks. We're really privileged to be working with these guys. They have some great socks. So uh, make sure you head to their website, head to our Talk and Power website as well and fill out the form there. All right, without further ado, here comes... Our next episode, 153. Talk and Power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on 88.5 FM, the valley comes alive. And podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Talking Power podcast. On this episode, I'm joined by Janelle Zanvliet. Did I say it right then? You did. Well done, Thank Nick. You. Thank you, Janelle. Thank you. Thank you. Secretary of the Monaro Car Club and also uh, membership registrar of the 55, 56, 57 Chevy Club as well. And also sits on the Wasmark uh, as well, the Wasma Club there. So we're going to talk about all things car clubs and and Wasma as well on this episode. But let me just kick off once again. Thank you for coming on. It's great to have you here, Janelle. Uh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. I see we kicked off by saying you're the secretary of the Monaro Car Club. To me, the secretary role, I sit in a car club as well, and the secretary role seems to be one that's completely boundless and <laughs> can sometimes be everything to everyone. Am I right? Uh, certainly in my car club, yes, <laughs> um, you are right. We um, have an events coordinator, but we haven't filled that position for a couple of years, so I do that job. <laughs> um in the Monaro Car Club, the secretary means I also process all the memberships. I collect the mail. I'm mm-hmm. the webmaster. I manage the Facebook pages. Um, I do all the events. We have a private Facebook group, so I post all those up. I create all the events on the WASMA app. I create them all up on our webpage. So, you know, general dog's body to everyone. <laughs> I, I I know, and the secretary role seems to be even in sports clubs and and uh, whether it be car club or a football club or a soccer club, whatever it may be, it seems to be boundless. I think secretary somehow ends up being responsible for everything and every function of the club. Uh, I, get, I guess at the end of the day, you're responsible for the communication that's going out to the to everyone. So I can I can kind of understand that um, as to why. Yeah, you're responsible for for a lot there. 
Yeah, I think a lot of people assume that it's, oh, you'll take a few minutes of some meetings, you might type up an agenda. Um, But that's almost the smallest part of the job that I do. (laughs) It's the easiest Um, part. Particularly since um, C4C has come in, the membership registrar of the the membership of the Monaro Car Club exploded last Mm -hmm. April. Yep. Um, I processed probably 60, 70 new memberships in the space of about two weeks. It was Mm -hmm. pretty exciting. Um, which and it's been great for the car clubs, I have to say. I know there's a number of new car clubs that have formed because of C4C, and I think that's healthy in a, in mm-hmm. a city the size of Perth. Um, it's been great for clubs that, you know, cars like ours, we obviously have the older Monaros mm-hmm. and then the newer Monaros that stopped being produced in 2005. So us getting new members come along is difficult because there's mm-hmm. not an ever-lasting you know lasting number of cars out there in the market. Yeah. So having the C4C join us, you know, get kicked off in the state and enable car clubs to get members come to us has been a fabulous thing, mm-hmm. albeit a lot of work for the secretary. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, most certainly. Most certainly. I completely understand. Tell us one thing I noticed on about the Monaro Car Club, and it's a little bit different to other car clubs, and what I mean by that is I've noted that uh, your membership is open to not only just owners of Monaros, but enthusiasts of the car as well. So mm-hmm. you haven't locked yourself into just people that were um, have do own one. It's it's open to enthusiasts. Tell us a little bit about that because that's bucking the trend a little bit in terms of car clubs. Because over the years, we've seen car clubs that you know, strictly speaking, you had to have that particular mark or that particular car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've been like that from the very beginning. I think um, when the car club got reformed, because the car club existed back in the um, 70s when the HQ was really prevalent, um, mm-hmm. and then that again they stopped producing the car at the HZ model, so the car club sort of fell away, um, I think, yep. in the late 70s. But with the resurgence of the CV8s um, in 2000, 2001, the club got reformed, and I think we were really keen to just have people come along that had either owned a Monaro previously and couldn't get one um, now or um, for a lot of our members, they come often with a newer model Monaro and then Mm -hmm. hanging around long enough, they tend to buy an older model Monaro. Mm. Um, So, but we've always been open to people. You didn't have to own a Monaro to join. We've had the pleasure of having Toyota Land Cruisers come along on our cruise the F word in our house is not the typical F word. It's the Ford word. Um, <laughs> so we've had Fords rock up and all sorts of stuff. And particularly, again, with C4C, I think we took, a, again, an unusual stance perhaps than some of the other car clubs in that we accept C4C applications from anyone with any model of car yep. or motorbike or vehicle that complies with the C4C pre-1990 rules. Um, We didn't particularly want to restrict our membership because we knew potentially there'd be some difficulty for some people finding clubs that were relevant. Mm -hmm. And as long as they're prepared to put up with a big bunch of us owning and loving Monaros, we were happy to take pretty much anyone. Mm, Um, Because for us, it's not just about making sure that the Monaros are maintained on the road. We're at heart motoring enthusiasts yeah we're car enthusiasts and anything that we can do as a car club again in you know Perth's not a massive city so um Mm. anything we can do to maintain motoring enthusiasts and cars on our road um 
that are well looked after and well maintained and loved by their owners, then we'll have them pretty much. Yeah. No, they're, they're a lot. that's a very interesting philosophy. And, and it's, as I said, it bucks the trend a little bit. Tell us the Monaro in my mind. I'm a Ford man, the F word, but I, yeah. I, <laughs> I have to admit the Monaro over the years and in 2022 is probably the most marketable of the Australian cars. If we look back over the last 50, well, even more now, it goes back to 1968. So mm. over over the last 54 years, it's become, the, in my mind, the most marketable brand name in in Australian cars. Why do you think that is? Because I, like I go to the shops and I see just ordinary everyday guys walking around with HK GDS T-shirt or HQ yep. Monaro. Tell us why you think that is about the with the Monaro. Well, you know, the stock answer is it's just a cool car and who wouldn't yep. want to own one? Um, <laughs> so, but, I mean, taking those blinkers off, um, I think probably, you know, it's got its Bathurst history, um, you know, racing legend Peter Brock drove one and he drove mm. one of the new ones in the 24-hour race. Mm. Um, I think having the two eras of car has helped. Yeah. Um, and I think Holden, particularly in, you know, the early 2000s, they weren't stupid with their marketing. Mm. They marketed the Monaro really cleverly. Mm-hmm. Um, and because, yeah, you see people wandering around with CV8 shirts on and they've mm. never owned a CV8. And it's like, why are you wearing yeah. one? But okay, go you for loving it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I've had a number of people say to me when the, the CV8s first came out, well, it's just a four-door, you know, two-door Commodore and it's crap plastic Monaro. It's not really a Monaro. And yet, you know, 10 years later, you know, oh, those newer Monaros, they're sort of growing on me now. Yeah. Um, it's an, I think the, the shape of it's unique. Yeah. Um, it lends itself to the Camaro shape from the US. So it sort of ties it back to that US muscle car mm. marketing and, and models. So I think there's a number of things, but I mean, ultimately, I think it just comes down to they're cool cars and we love them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I and look, I agree wholeheartedly as well. I, you know, the HK is probably my favourite of them, but you know, I have a few friends with genuine HQ GDSs, three fifties, two matching number mm-hmm. jobbies, and you know, they are. For, I'm I'm amazed by those cars because um, the, the HQ in particular didn't didn't do it, it didn't really have a bathurst uh mm, pedigree pedigree you're yeah, right but it became it's probably more valuable than well it's up there with the the earlier tiranas that that were racing mm. at bathurst at the same time so i've always i've always amazed by it's it's uh, it's increasing market value needless to say well the number of times we're at a car show and i mean Every it's almost like everyone in Australia owned it because they'll come, oh my dad owned a Monaro or my mm. uncle owned a Monaro or my best friend owned a Monaro. It's like every carport in the seventies must have had a Monaro in it with the number of people that tell us that they owned one or they knew someone that owned one or they drove in one or their boyfriend had one. Yeah. So I and I think particularly the, so the volume of HQs that were out there, um, they were everywhere seemingly. Um, mm. And they're still coming. I mean, we still get memberships. I had three memberships last week, and they were all for HKs. I don't know where they keep coming from. Yeah, yeah. They're out there, um, no, which they is are. great. I mean, it's, it's great that people are, um, you know, doing them back up, getting them back to being roadworthy, getting them out of sheds. Um, and, 
because I think they're an iconic piece of, you know, Australian motoring history, which mm. is, um, you know, why we love them. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's certainly interesting how many people have been in one and have owned one and have loved one. And so it's great. Yeah. We love it. Yeah, no, and no, I, I can't blame you. I can't blame you at all. <laughs> Tell us a little about your work with with the Monaro Club then. I, I've just got here. So committee member from 2000 to 2004, mm-hmm. president jumped straight into the president role straight after that from 05 to 09 and yep. then secretary from 2015 to now that's that's a long stint and a life member in 2010 congratulations on that that's magnificent and member of the year last year as well so tell us like because you've been there now 22 years and obviously you were pivotal or part of the reformation back then so we had a gentleman um, who's still in our club called Perry Ormsby. He was mm-hmm. one of the that wanted to kick it off again in the early two thousands when the new model came out. Um, and at the time, my husband owned a HQ LS Monaro. Mm-hmm. Um, he saw an ad that Perry had placed in the paper about car parts. Perry was very clever. Put used to put ads in the paper for car parts, and people would ring. Um, yeah. And then he'd, he'd, he'd slowly get contacts and eventually collecting all these people's names and numbers. And he eventually called for a, a get-together in South Perth. Mm-hmm. And we, pr- we probably would have had at least 100 Monaros rock up that day. It was massive. Wow. And yep. from there he asked people, you know, let, do you want to form the car club? Um, and to do that, obviously, you need a set of, you know, a constitution and an application and all sorts of government protocol. Um, one of the things that's not on my resume, um, but I've been a long time public servant. I've been out of the public service now for three, four years, but um, prior to that, I was 34 years in the public service. So spoke public service speak. And I think Perry thought, guess what? We'll get someone to do all that paperwork stuff. So yep. I ha- I helped him sort of do some of that registration stuff, mm-hmm. get bank accounts set up and that sort of stuff. And it just stuck. As I said, my husband had a Monaro. He was doing it up at the time. So it was like either join in or um, be a a shed wife, essentially. He'd be out in the shed and I'd be in the house. So um, I just got involved. Um, I think my dad was um, a a speedway um, sidecar racer. So we've Mm -hmm. always had sort of motorbikes and stuff at home. So I think there's always a, a little bit of an inner bogan in me. Yeah. Um, and so I married, married one <laughs> and, yep. um, yeah, just got involved. I, I figured it was either get involved or get left behind. So I'm a bit of a doer and a bit of a joiner and mm. jumped in on the committee and have been there ever since really. I had one year off in the middle of it all. Um, yep. after we, we'd run the Monaro nationals here in 2012, which was a uh, 140 odd entrants from all around Australia, um, parked on an oval down in, um, Busselton. Yeah, um, we had an amazing event. It was great fun. We had people drive from Queensland and New South Wales, and um, people ship their cars from all over Australia. It was fabulous. Yeah. And um, but that was exhausting. So I took a year off. That was my one year off after the nationals. Yeah. Um, but since then, I've been back. You know, sort of doing committee work and whatnot to just keep the club going. Um, yeah. Our kids have grown up with these cars. We've travelled Australia. You probably one of the things I let you know. We've travelled to a. a huge chunk of the Monaro Nationals around Australia. We've packed our kids up in our cars and we've seen this incredibly great nation of ours um, from the front seats of our Monaros. It's been great fun (laughs) because if you go to tour the country, do it in a Monaro. (laughs) That's right. One thing you you should probably mention there as well is that not not only did you you 
go there with the car. Probably people assume you probably went in the transporter. You actually drove. Oh yeah, um, we've driven. So, so my my CV eight's driven across the Nullarbor and back three times. Mm-hmm. We've driven Rob's Monaro. So my husband's Monaro was a HT. Yep. That's driven. We've shipped it once and then driven it back, mm-hmm. and we've we shipped it to Tasmania and drove it back. Obviously, you don't drive the bit in the middle of the ocean. We put it on the <laughs> boat, um, and then for one of the Monaro Nationals up in Queensland, we shipped both the cars to Melbourne and drove them up the east coast. The best yep. day we t- drove through Bathurst on purpose, mm-hmm. and we got to. Fang around um, Bathurst track. I may yep. or may not have gone a little bit quick down Conrod Strait. It was great fun. <laughs> oh, um, so yeah, we've 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 driven in our cars everywhere. I mean, my yeah. Monaro's got two hundred and forty thousand k's on the clock. Um, wow, she's very well driven, mm-hmm. well dragged. She was my drag race. I used to drag race her, so I've dragged her, I've driven her, I've abused the crap out of her. Poor thing. <laughs> Well, I was actually, well, well, we'll jump down there. I saw that. So you've been racing this car. It's gone 11.8. That's pretty yep. stout. That's not like, so just for those that are not, not aware, like your standard club sport probably rattles off a 13 at best. So yep. this, you've gone 11.8. So it's, that's obviously a pretty stout, a stout combo in that. Yeah, she's, she's pretty quick. I mean, I'm sensible with her. I, I only race her on the track. Um mm. That's one of the things we sort of try and pride ourselves on is as a club, we're responsible motorists. Yeah. Um, but the best day I I got, I'd started getting into the 11s and I'd finally made it into a final and I was racing the beat, the heat boys, the, the guys, the cops that race down there. Mike. And the, the guys, they, they had to chase me because they were much quicker than I was. Yeah. And um, so they fanged down the track with their lights. <laughs> like cops were chasing me down the track. It was great fun. And, um, <laughs> He was going to break out, so he had to slam on his brake, and I got him by about, I reckon, an eighth of an inch. Yeah, right. And I couldn't stop smiling for days, and that's the yep. run that I did my 1183 in. That was the day I got my fastest run. So, wow, that's... And but two, it was, wasn't long after that I had a car in front of me um, completely lose it, and he plowed it into the front, in the front of the car in toward the wall, mm. and I couldn't race after that. Yeah, okay. Um, I, and it wasn't it wasn't so much about my safety. He didn't get hurt. He was fine. The car was had just stoved in. But mm. I was actually scared about damaging the car and not being able to replace parts on it. The, the CV8 yeah. Monaro's, the parts are super hard. You want to try shopping for car parts for HK? You think that's bad? <laughs> you mm. should try CV8. Yeah. Um, and because I'd already been, I, I, I got hit by a truck in the car in 2010, 2011. Yeah. Um, and so that's when I put, I put a six liter engine in it and I'd done a little bit of work to her. And so mm. a drag racer after that. And then all of a sudden it occurred to me that if I clipped the wall in this thing, I'd, I'd lose the car. I wouldn't yeah. be able to repair it and wouldn't be able to replace it. Yeah. And so yep. I stopped, right. I stopped dead. It was, I just stopped. I didn't go back. My Andrew drive, my Andrew license was due for renewal. I needed a new set of tires and I went, nah, I'm done. And so I've never raced again, but it, yeah, okay. while I did it, it was fun. I described it to people like bungee jumping, but instead of going down, you're going that way and you're going fast. Yeah. <laughs> Great fun. Super Street is arguably, oh, look, I mean, I've crewed for a couple of guys over the years, not recently, but a long time ago uh, in Super Street. We had so much fun back in the day, a lot of fun, because the Super Street yeah. was yeah, pretty happy-go-lucky sort of bunch of guys and girls. It still are, I think, like I'm, I watch from the cheap seats now. Um, yeah. But it, it to me looks like the 
you know, even Super Sedan as well gets a little bit more competitive there. Top yeah. Sportsman, I think that's really starting to get, you know, uh, a bit competitive. But yeah, I, I think I look at Super Street and think, well, if I am going to go, that's that's where we're going to do it in Super Street. And that was the thing. I, I didn't have to do too much silly stuff to my car. I didn't need a shoot. I didn't need any of that stuff. I didn't need a roll cage. I could just get down there, change my mm. tyres, put my slicks on and have a bit of fun. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, I really, really enjoyed it. And yeah. met some, I mean, the people down there were great. We used to, you know, sit around in the lanes and chat and talk crap mm. and it was great fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And so, yeah, my the car's pretty quick. She's good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I saw that eleven eighty. I said, "That's that's pretty stout." I was looking at that. I thought, oh, "I'm pretty impressed by that." Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your photography as well. Like, you, you, Jay's app is your uh, Facebook page, mm-hmm. automotive photographer. I've had a look at some of your work. It's magnificent. Thank you. So that He's... came about from going to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of car shows with my husband and sitting around being bored, stupid. I've yep. been a I've, I've been into photography. My mum and dad bought me a camera when I was twelve. Um, mm. when my husband and I travelled the world, took hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photos, but it yep. never really got serious about it. And then the fires in Cape, uh, down south had hit um, all through Harvey and whatnot. Mm. And I've, I was sort of you know, dabbling in photography a bit. I had a reasonably nice camera. I got, when I hired a, a leased a laptop for work, Harvey Norman's gave me this SL, DSLR camera, digital SLR camera. Mm-hmm. It was part of the deal, and it was like, oh, that's a nice camera. All right, not too bad. Big Canon. Yep. Um, so started taking that to car shows, and then when the fire happened, I was on this Facebook page, and a guy was running photography lessons at super, super discount prices because one of his mates had lost all his photography equipment, and mm-hmm. he was in the fire, and all of his cost. Yeah, he was a full on. Um, steampunk photographer and all sorts of stuff, and he yep. lost a lot of his equipment. Um, and this guy was running these lessons as a fundraiser, and I thought, well, that's a good cause. I'll spend mm. some money. I'll go and take some lessons and try and get a bit serious about this thing because yep. I used to go to car shows and I was bored stupid, whereas mm. if I could wander around and take some decent photos of the cars, um, the car shows became a bit more fun. Yeah. So um, went and did some lessons. And then proceeded the best lesson that um, it was run by a name by, by the name of Singh. And the best lesson he taught me was take your camera everywhere and shoot everything for 12 months. Mm. Um, yep. Shoot kids, shoot cars, shoot the sky, shoot buildings, shoot trees, shoot flowers, shoot everything. And I did. Mm. I nearly drove everyone crazy for a whole year. I took my yep. camera everywhere to work. You name it. I took it everywhere. Um, and I like to think I've gotten better. And I, I look back at some of my early photos and I could take them off my JZAP page, but I choose not to leave them there. Yeah. Because I think that's a nice way of it's it's been a journey for me. Um yeah. photography or any hobby that you do, anything that you do like that, mm-hmm. you get better at it the more you do it. Um yeah. so I've left some of my old stuff up there. But yeah, I I and I don't I mean people go, Oh, you know, you earn good money on that. <laughs> no, 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 no. 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 And, oh, you know, do you do weddings? No, no, cars don't answer back. So I'm I very much clearly <laughs> stay in the in the in the automotive lane because yeah. cars once you park them where you want them they don't move they don't talk back they don't get snarky they don't get drunk they just mm. sit there and do as they're told the so cars ex- are magnificent things to shoot <laughs> they are they are they they are good it it is there we is have, an art we have to so it, many but isn't there 
oh, there is, there's angles that work better, mm. there's lighting yep. that works better, and it's just knowing some of those basics that have helped me get a bit better. And mm. we have so many cars ourselves to practice on. Yeah. Um, yep. So, you know, having a shed full, we have nine cars. Mm-hmm. So having a shed full um, helps. I've got lots of things to practice on. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the nine cars, it's quite an impressive list. So we talked about the CV8 before. The mm. HT Monaro, we spoke, we, you mentioned that one before. That's your husband's car. 57 mm-hmm. Chev. We'll talk about the the the, the club and, and shortly. So 57 Chev there is all well. HG. You had a sort of photo of that. It looks pretty mean. It's so pretty we did awesome. that for my daughter. So my 20, mm-hmm. that's my 25-year-olds. Yep. So how to how, how to keep your kids um out of drugs is to get them into the car scene and bang yeah. they spend their money on cars instead. It's great. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I, I I completely agree. That's what I'm telling my boys. And also, yep. you got a, f- a few Commodores in there as well. So you've got a ZB. Uh, yep. Your husband's got a VU, and your two daughters. One's got. They both got VFs actually. Yes. As well. So it's that is yeah, an impressive we're, shed. We're we're a GM family. All the way through. Mm. <laughs> I've said to the girls, if they come home with someone that's driving a Ford, then no, they can't stay. But that's a joke. It's not really true. <laughs> the Ford would have to park outside, though. It can't get a spot in the garage. So with the irony, we live in a 720-square-metre block in in the middle of suburbia with all these yeah. cars packed around us, so much so that two of them can't live here at the moment. Um, yeah. So we're in the process of buying a building a new house just so we okay. can have a massive big shed to fit all the cars in. No, that's all right. Look, I don't blame you. It's it's hard, isn't it? I mean, I've only, we've only got three cars and it's hard enough. So that's, the problem um, here I, is, um, can someone get the keys to move the, the Commodore? Yeah, which one? So the, 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 the lucky thing is we've all got private plates on our cars. So we mm-hmm. all call them by the number plates. Move Jay's app, move Breeze's car, move KZ's car. It's it's the, the car gets a name, luckily, because they've all got plates on them. So it sounds not, like the castle. Yeah, it it is a bit, but um, yeah, we we do rack and pack them and stack them in here. It looks like a bit like a car yard. And but if you drive past our house, you wouldn't know there were cars here. They're all behind mm. um, shed doors and gates and um, yeah. Only my husband's crappy VU Ute sits out on the front verge every now and then. So, Fair but enough. yeah, no, we're we're a car mad family. We have been so, and they're fun. They keep us in. They keep us, um, you know, entertained. And they do. Um, Keep us busy, which yeah. is great. Well, tell us a bit, Ken, speaking of keeping busy, tell us about your work there over at the 55, 56 and 57 Chevy Club as well. So you're the registrar sure. there and so, you're a member um, of the year as well. Yes. Again, I think the, the both members of the year are really just because I process so many C2C membership applications and all. Every, everyone got cheap rego, so they love Janelle for a whole year. <laughs> um, so we joined the, we got our 57 Chevy oh, probably 10 years ago now. Yep. Um, we got it from a gentleman here in Perth who was importing it from America. Um, allegedly rust free, not so much really. Um, so my husband had he does all the work on the car, most of the work on the cars himself. So he had hoped just to be able to give it a quick sandblast, give it a quick paint, mm-hmm. and she'd be right. Yeah, no. So that needed a complete off chassis rebuild. Chassis had to be rebuilt. Um, wow. I think every panel bar the bonnet mm-hmm. is new. All the wow. chrome bar, the, the chrome around the back window, and Chevys have a lot of chrome. Um, mm. That was all new. We had to import that all from America. The engine came from America. So we thought, and because we're in the Monaro Club, it's, you own a car like that, you've got to join a car club. So mm. we've been a member of the Chevy Club now for oh, probably, yeah, eight, nine years. 
Yeah, okay. um, and they never they they're not a particularly big club because again it's only you know three models of Chevys that um, and there's not huge numbers of them in Perth but again C4C bought a few out of the woodwork mm-hmm. so um, the club was considering whether to do C4C or not they weren't sure yep. so I talked to them about the work that we've been doing um, in the Monaro Club the work that we'd started work you know doing with Wasma. Um, and they ultimately made the decision to offer C for C for their club members. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's um, so, and then obviously they wanted someone to process it all. And I figured, well, I'd talk them into it all. So I better actually do all the work for them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I process all their new memberships for them now and, and um, process, process all their C for C applications. The poor people at Department of Transport, they must dread it when they get my name. It's like, oh my God, we've got to spell her name again. Because um, <laughs> they get them from both of me, both clubs now. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, the Department of Transport people have just been amazing. That first two, three weeks, I don't know how they survived. Mm. I mean, we were sending them application after application after application. And yep. they've been, they were nothing but helpful. Yep. They've been so friendly and so amazingly supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, any question I've had, my, all the clubs have had nothing but the highest regard of speaking to those Department of Transport people in there because they were seriously they were so busy for those so many weeks and they were fabulous they really were it, so yeah we we've been i've been busy processing um you know new memberships and and c4c stuff for them as well it's been great yeah it, it's quite incredible to say because i'm heavily involved in that sort of process as well and we found that it's been a 24-hour at most turnaround for for Department yeah. of Transport to get back to our members and either apply the credit or send the send the yeah. credit, whatever they do. But the, that that really does amaze me because it's the actual opposite. It's it's you'd you'd expect the reverse. You would actually expect when they're taking well, your I... money to be really quick, and but when they're giving it back, it's it's, <laughs> back. it's phenomenal. <laughs> Um, and I have to say, one of the proudest things, having been an ex-public servant, I mean, being able to speak so highly of a public service agency mm-hmm. when most people aren't, in fact, normally very um, complimentary of public servants or the agencies themselves, yep. they truly have done an amazing job. Because, I mean, every single member, I'm, I think the quickest I got one back from a member in about two minutes, mm. it, the processing's just been amazing. Yeah. Um, and to give people back, I mean, these cars, some of these cars aren't cheap. Mm. Um, now with fuel prices, they're expensive to run. Mm-hmm. And for the, the government to give us, you know, a little bit of money back to help us keep these cars on the road, mm. keep our motoring history going, um, I think the government deserve, uh, you know, quite a lot of credit for this scheme. It's been, yep. it's been really invigorating for car clubs. It's been invigorating for the motoring, you know, industry, I hope, in Perth. I think, you know, businesses have seen... You know, because cars are getting finished now. Cars yeah. might have been sat in the shed for a couple of years and, oh, it's too expensive to get it registered. I won't run it. But they're getting done now because it's, you know, it's only a couple of hundred bucks to keep the thing on the road for, hmm. and you get 90 days to use it. I mean, once I start, to, you go, 90 days, that's a lot of days to use it in a year for something that's not your daily driver. Um, yeah, the the 90-day thing has arguably been a hard sell for the uninitiated. But once you explain yeah. to someone 
in real terms, what those 90 days are, so 60 club days and 30 private days. I think you've written here somewhere you do three events. You guys do three events a month. Normally on average, yeah. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, average of three events. You average out three events per month. So, you know, that alone, they're they're club days. So, you know, that's Mm. you're not even touching your 30 private days there. You're using up club days. It's 90 days is, look, for someone like myself, and for some for ninety nine percent of people, I would assume that ninety days is more than enough. Uh, we I didn't think... have we didn't have one car car club member come close to their ninety days in the twelve month period yet. So, <laughs> um, and we are out in our cars a lot. Um, yep. So, I mean, particularly Rob and I go to every event, and I mean, his HT hasn't even come close, nor is his Chevy. Yep. Um, and, you know, we've got club days and stuff to use them. But by the time you add in life and you add in family and we're football West Coast Eagles members, so come winter time, and you use the cars less in winter anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, yep. you know, you've got other stuff on. You can't you can't get to 90 days. So, no. and I mean, that's Very one of difficult. the pluses with the, with the WASMA affiliation in us grouping together as car clubs is that, um, and, you know, we're now affiliate members of WASMA. So we've formed our car club under that. And we've passed all all the affiliated car clubs have passed rules at their meetings to say that, you know, our club events are in fact shareable club events across the car club base that mm-hmm. is affiliated with WASMA. So yep. if we don't have an event on and someone wants to get their car out and go and do something, then there's all the WASMA events that they mm-hmm. can join in on the day. Um, you know, there's things like there's show and shines and, um, you know, of school fairs and things that other car clubs might have organised. But yep. if they, you know, our club where members want to get their Monaro out on the day and go and join in that, then mm-hmm. the, the the WASMA app enables them to do that. And even yep. with all of that, we no one's hit ninety days. So mm. it's um it's it's been it's been an amazing thing, I think, for the government to yep. um you know put the scheme in. And there's critics out there, or we should get more days and we should get freer use and we don't, why should we join a car club and, you know, all of those things. But, hey, it's better than having nothing. Um, Paying $890 for a rego for a car that sits in the shed for most of the year Mm. um, is not fun. So to keep these cars around, as we said earlier, I mean, some of these cars are absolute, they're iconic parts of Mm. Australian history and we don't want to see the end of them and to keep them on the road we need to do every little bit that we can mm. um, to make sure that they're drivable and they're safe and, you know, they're being well used yeah. and people get to see them. I think that's, you know, the most, you said, I mean, my, my cars, my newer Monaro, it's got bright pink flames on it. When I got hit by the, the truck in it, I took it off the road to obviously repair it. And at that stage I was drag racing and I got sick and tired of paying. Yeah. Are you racing your husband's Monaro? No. No, no. So I wanted my husband to paint the whole car pink and he wouldn't let me. (laughs) So we settled on, because by this stage he was doing up his Chevy and he said, well, look, I'm going to put blue flames on my Chevy. So we'll put pink flames on your Monaro. And to watch young girls at car shows walk up to my car and their face lights up and they turn to their mum or their dad, mummy, look, a girl owns that car. I, I just get chills. Because it's teaching girls that it's okay to drive and mm-hmm. cool car, and um, it's 
you know, it's okay for girls to do different things to their cars and everyone hates my wheels and everyone hates my flames and I don't care because it's my car. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, and to see these kids' faces, like, I mean, I mean, the looks on people's faces when they see our Chevy, particularly mm. young boys, they go, oh, Dad, look at that Chevy. Um they love it and yeah. that's why we're all doing what we're all doing because we want to keep these cars on the road we want to keep them around yes they're gas guzzlers and all of that sort of stuff but hey i go out and i buy trees and get them planted by people so that i'm not killing off the environment um yeah. and but and don't get me started on electric cars but anyway we'd be here for a whole it's <laughs> a whole other chat i think um we need to keep these cars around because they're they're precious parts of our history. Yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I I feel you know you know I I feel the car clubs, especially in WA, those that have jumped on board and 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 are doing the C for C, are going leaps and bounds at the moment. Mainly, mainly because of the obvious, they've got higher. They're getting the membership uptake because people mm. are wanting to access uh, the concessional rego. Yes, but I think you'll also find that a lot of those car clubs are also doing a number of events or facilitating um, driving events and and shows, whatever they may be, so that people get the the maximum use out of their cars. What we're finding, in in my opinion, I'm uh, we're bucking the trend a little bit in terms of the the green in, in the green movement and the ev movement uh we've had so much focus on electric cars in the last 12 months in my opinion mm-hmm. and i feel that we've come well, not we haven't gone full circle yet but i feel that there is a tide back towards the internal combustion engine and people realizing that you know what they might not be the answer and look how cool these old cars are and i you know i was always skeptical about the green movement and the EV movement because I mm. felt it was going to play a toll on our cars, our older mm. cars. I think with what we're doing with events and, and shows and whatnot, I think collectively as a group, we're changing that. Well, I mean, look at our, tra- our train system. I mean, there's nothing cooler than watching the big Puff and Billy coming towards mm. you. I mean, kids everywhere love the Puff and Billy trains. Yes, the electric trains are good and they're safe and they're fast and, you know, that's all fine. Um, but there's nothing cooler than a big black Puff and Billy train coming towards you. Yeah. Um, people will pay extra to go on an old train and have that old train experience. Mm. And I think a similar thing exists for cars. Yeah. Um, it's why, I mean, we've got GM Owners Day coming up this Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll pack out, a, we're down at Medina for the first time ever. We've been at G, um, Bass and Denoval for ages. So, it's, yep. you know, we're going, we're changing locations, which is great. A whole new audience and a whole new bunch of people might come and see us down that part mm-hmm. of the town. Yeah. Um, and there'll be 500 cars on that oval on Sunday and there'll be 10,000, 15,000 people through the gate. Yep. And they're not there looking at, you know, electric motor scooters mm, they're there yep. to see these old cars yep. um and it's one of the i mean we I, i'm a, one of the photographers for cars and coffee mm-hmm. and there's lots of pages i can share my photos to and i get no it's, you know, look at all the plastic commodores and and it really annoys me because we have to make sure as motoring enthusiasts that we breed the next generation of motoring enthusiasts. Yes. And, you know, when my husband first got his first car and it was a Kingswood, what did he do to it? He put tint on it. He got a set of mags on it. He lowered it. 
I don't know what else he did to it, maybe put some nice seat covers on it, put a stereo in it and bang. Well, that's what these young kids are doing to their Commodores and their BMs, mm. the Beamers and their Mitsubishi Lancers and Subarus or whatever it is that they're driving. Mm. If we don't encourage them, if we don't give them safe places to drive their cars, if we don't encourage responsible motoring, we're not going to have the next generation of motoring enthusiasts. So you can criticise the kids with their, you know, 40 rows of Commodores at a car show. Yeah. But if they're not there, then we won't have car shows in 20, 30 years. Yeah, that's Because right. we won't be breeding motoring enthusiasts who mm. will, when we go, will come along and buy our Chevy or buy our Monaro when they've got some more money and they don't want to, you know, they've got their Commodore now, like we've got four of them, um, but they want to have something different. Yeah. Um, so we've got to be really careful that we continue to encourage anyone that's into the motoring scene. And that's what you know, I love about some of the cars and coffee events that are around the place now. You get everything rock up. Hmm. Um, and you might not like it and it might not be your personal taste, but that doesn't make it wrong. Yeah, that's um, right. No. Any, anything that we can do to get these cars out, you know, to be put hmm. on show, I think is a good thing. Yeah, no, most definitely, most definitely. Well, Janelle, look, I mean, that's uh, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Uh, tell us, just in closing, like we'll, we'll finish off with your work at Wasma. You've been there since its inception, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, um, Wasma, obviously, they, they called a meeting um, um, at the Mundaring pub and we'd heard about it. Unfortunately, we couldn't go on the day. Hmm. Um, <laughs> surprise, surprise. We had a car, we had a car <laughs> event on <laughs> for one of our car clubs. Um, but not long after that, they started holding meetings out, um, in Malaga. So we rocked along and we're one of the first car clubs to join up. Yeah. Um, we've, you know, we want to support WASMA in what they're trying to do. We think it's important that, um, as street machiners, we have a voice, um, mm -hmm. and the more car clubs that can join WASMA, the more, the bigger that voice can be, the yep. more we can be heard, um, the more we can help work with places, people like the Department of Transport mm -hmm. um, and the government, the police. You know, if if there's a if there's a group of car clubs that are around that um, is prepared to stand for, you know, motoring enthusiasts and you know the proper use of these cars on the road. Um, mm -hmm then I'm all for that. So yeah. yeah, we've been, we've been really thrilled and, and you know, the, the app that they, they give us to help log our days and that sort of certainly take a lot of admin work off me as a secretary, which has been great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've been thrilled to be part of WASMA and, and, you know, make sure that that group um, continues to thrive. Yeah. Now they're doing a magnificent job, Mark, Happy Williams, Vicky, Mick, um, the entire team there. Stan as well, Chris. They're, they're all doing a magnificent job, and um, you know we've had a we've had we've had uh, Stan on, we've had Chris on, we've had Mark on mm. as well, and you know look, we love we love having the Wasma Group on our podcast. It's great to talk because I know I know when they're on, a lot of people like to listen. So it's it's um it's great to have you guys on board. And Janelle, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I've enjoyed every moment of it. And I am still blown away that you drive a 11, 11 second Monaro made it out like it was your, you know, that's oh, nothing much. Just goes 11 eights. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. She's all good. No, it's been an absolute treat. Thanks very much for having me, Nick. And if anyone's interested in joining the club, Give the club numbers on our website. If anyone wants to talk to me about what it means to be a member of WASMA, happy to mm -hmm. chat to anyone. 
Yeah. I'll talk the leg off a table, as you probably have worked out. <laughs> no, it's been great. Oh, we we love having guests like yourself on, um, uh, because it, it you're a voice for. There's probably a lot of people out there that aren't sure. There might be a Monara enthusiast out there that's thinking of getting one, maybe in five years' time, or looking at a CV8. You know, I, I just hope that they join now because you know there's there's always that assumption that you have to own the vehicle. To join a club, all. in your case, it's not the case. So that's that is absolutely awesome. I think that's that really says a lot about your club, to be honest. So I, I applaud I applaud your entire club for having that philosophy. Uh, thank you very much, and thank you so much for having me. It's been an absolute treat. Really appreciated your time. No worries, Janelle. Great to have you on. Take care. Thank you. See ya. Talk and power, your motorsport and motoring radio show. Now on eighty-eight point five FM. The Valley Comes Alive and podcasting across iTunes and talkandpower.com.au.